0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a millennial homemaker. This is your host, Brittany Duncan, back from a hiatus of not recording. Uh, For the regular listeners out there, I apologize for the break in episodes. I believe in the utmost honesty with y'all. When I started the podcast, I did so with the intention of being my real authentic self. Same with Instagram and the website blog. Faking having to have it together is exhausting and honestly not helpful to any of us because we're all in the ditch sometimes and there's that saying that nobody hangs bad photographs on the wall or bad memories on the wall and it's very true. And I wouldn't say that I've been in the ditch as much as I just have had a ton going on. Um I'm definitely the duck on the pond right now that's like calm and cool on the surface and then frantically kicking my little legs to keep afloat. Um, so the, the podcast is a passion project of mine. Doesn't bring any money in yet. One day I would love to have some sponsors who align with our goals as homemakers. But until then, I will do my absolute best to give you two episodes a week. But sometimes like last week, I might drop the ball. And honestly, um, what made me excited to hop back in front of the mic and get it together was the sweetest review I just received on Apple Podcasts, and I want to read it to y'all. It read, Very informative, and the topics covered are relevant and interesting to myself. She covers subjects in a comprehensive and understandable manner. There's no chit-chat about irrelevant topics. I really appreciate having this to listen to. It is my favorite homemaking podcast. So thank you so much, Steph, for your review. Honestly, it's like that little refill of your cup sometimes that sparks inspiration. And this review did it for me. Honestly, I was like a little bit misty reading it. Like, it's just so crazy to me that I put these messages out there. And honestly, a lot of times I record it and I publish it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's like even helpful to anybody Uh, But then when I hear that it is or that someone enjoyed it, um, it just, it makes my day. So thank you, thank you, thank you. On that note, since I'm about getting down to business with relevant information and not taking up your time with chit chat, as Steph highlighted, let's get into it. Today, I want to talk about food labeling and what it all means. Shocker, I know, but did you know that food packaging and marketing can be misleading? Oh, I've been surprised to learn recently just how misleading it can be. I stumbled upon this Instagram account, uh, which honestly, has it has 1.5 million followers, so apparently I'm late to the game, but it's called The Food Babe, and the owner dives into all of the things when it comes to our food, why certain foods are addicting, what's in certain foods, what labels we need to watch out for, and I wanted to share a few of those today. I'm going to start with eggs because obviously, being a backyard chicken keeper, I'm passionate about the quality of eggs. I've learned a lot through the classes that I've taken just how uh, much more nutritionally beneficial eggs can be versus like your generic store bought eggs if you are doing it right. Um, and I'm also a huge animal lover. If you've ever seen a poultry farm, well, it can be traumatizing, okay? The, the life of a chicken raised in a commercial farm for egg production isn't, I would say most of the time isn't great, to be honest. So how, how do we make it great? Um, so let's dive into the phrase cage-free. What does cage-free really mean? Basically, it's pretty face value. It means that they weren't in a cage. It doesn't mean that they ever saw daylight or that they were not crammed into a warehouse which ding 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 think about that Um, it also doesn't equal organic so what should you be looking for if cage free isn't it organic pasture raised so a few things come with this label one the eggs are certified humane they're truly organic And best of all, the hens eat from a pasture, having access to grass and bugs and all the good stuff that not only makes a happy chicken, but makes a pasture-raised egg two times higher in vitamin E and omega-3s, and also a healthier ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. Omega-6, for those of you who don't know, um, they're necessary for the body and can be beneficial if, and this is a big if, if. The omega-3 to omega-6 ratio is on point. Too much omega-6 increases the risk of inflammation and inflammatory diseases. And we'll dive more into that another day when I can muster up the energy to dive into seed oils. Okay, talked eggs. Now let's talk chicken. First, and I know I sound like a broken record to those of you who... Listen to the podcast often, but get local when you can. Your local chicken from a farmer you know and trust, in my opinion, is far superior to any store-bought chicken. That being said, I know what it's like to have a food budget, and I know very well that local chicken can be rather pricey. So let's let's lean into the the packaged chicken from the grocery store and start with a few terms that you can ignore straight off the bat. One no added hormones. This means nothing because the US government already bans the use of hormones in chicken production, also turkey and pork. So, them putting that in big letters on the front of the package, it's it's an in irrelevant piece of information. You can ignore it. Number 2, 100% natural it means that there are no artificial ingredients or added colors and is minimally processed. Well, Most uncooked chicken falls into this category. So again, not really telling us much. Number three, cage-free. Same logic with the eggs. Just because they were not in a cage doesn't mean anything about their living conditions or diet. No growth-promoting antibiotics. I'm going to say that again. No growth-promoting antibiotics. When you read a label, always be skeptical about qualifying statements. That statement isn't saying raised without antibiotics, it is saying raised without growth promoting antibiotics. That should raise your eyebrow, raise that red flag that why are they qualifying that? Antibiotics are getting used somewhere, in this case likely to prevent or treat illness, but honestly you don't know which antibiotics they're using. You just know that they're not using growth promoting antibiotics. So what do you look for? organic no antibiotics period or GMOs fed only organic food they also must be given access to the outdoors so this is your pasture raised organic chicken that's what you want better than that though is animal welfare approved having that in addition to or certified humane animal partnership levels four five or five plus in case you are curious about the levels and their meaning, because I was and, you know, wanted to look it up. A two um, is enriched environment. A three is outdoor access. Four is pasture-raised. Five is animal-centered. And a five-plus means that the entire life of the animal was on a farm. Okay. So last but not least, I want to cover uh, a post that the food babe shared that was breaking down artificial flavors versus natural flavors. Spoiler, both are shit. Pardon my French. All right, let's start with the dirty, artificial flavors. She shares six points about uh, what an artificial flavor is. So one, makes fake food taste real. Two, designed to be addicting. A.K.A. those candies that you can't stop eating. Well, they were designed to be that way. So, you know, don't feel too bad. Three, can make a processed product taste like strawberries without any strawberries. Four, contains up to 100 ingredients that are not labeled. These can be preservatives, emulsifiers, solvents, and other additives. It's also synthesized in a lab. And derived from substances that are not plants or animals. She lists petroleum, coal, and tar as examples. Okay, just gonna leave that there for a second. Okay, now for the misleading natural, not natural, flavors. And we wonder why America is sick. Ready for the mic drop? It's the same freaking list with the exception of the last point. Rather than being derived from petroleum and tar, they can be derived from things like bark, but also beaver anal glands. Yes, you heard that right. And I found it hard to believe. So I did a little digging and lo and behold, quote, natural flavoring called castoreum is a thick odorous secretion obtained from the anal glands of beavers. It is used to give a vanilla flavor to some dairy products and desserts. Yes, so that's that. I guess, fortunately, unfortunately, most vanilla is now made with synthetic vanillin. Which, what is synthetic vanillin, you ask? Well, quote, synthetic vanillin is a vanilla flavoring compound derived from the petrochemical precursor guayacol. Down the rabbit hole I went, and I warn y'all, once you start researching this stuff, this is how it usually goes if you actually dig. Okay, so is guayacol safe? I read this study from the National Library of Medicine about the toxicity of guayacol, which read, we concluded that guayacol is an extremely toxic product, toxic rating class five, whose use should be restricted or banned. And this, folks, is why we spend the extra money on real vanilla beans or extract. No anal glands or toxic class 5 chemicals in our food. Okay, so that's all for now. Hopefully, I haven't made you terrified to go to the grocery. Uh, Really, the point of this episode is to, like, start the conversation about looking at our labels. What do they mean? And, like, what do they really mean? Because, I mean, hey, I, I work in marketing. I know how it goes. And... Food marketing is very, very clever. Uh, You know, the healthy, the good, the this. Um, The simplest way that I found to look at it and, like, avoid all this red tape is to eat real food. A motto, and, like, you truly have to think of it this way, is that convenience comes at a cost. And we've got to face that. Like, Johnson and I have been leaning into whole Thirty. And it feels really good to be steering away from packaged foods uh, more than we already do. I mean, Johnson and I, like, have our our whole marriage really tried to eat clean and real foods. I've always been pretty conscious about where my food comes from. Um, But it's hard. I mean, like, I get it. Crackers are, you know, it's like it, it takes a lot of work to make crackers and those kind of things. But basically, it's like, When you buy a food that comes out of a box and has an ingredient list like you have got to read between the lines and honestly like skip the front of the box half the time because those terms that they're putting in big letters on the front or in the banner and advertising probably don't mean anything or are misleading like natural flavors you know, still synthetic can still have a 100 ingredients that don't have to be labeled. It's synthesized in the lab. Like I don't want lab food. I want real food um, that I know what it is. So my advice would be eat organic, that real tangible food, know where it comes from. um, And you'll be well on your way to avoiding all the crap that the food bait calls out on our page. Highly recommend giving her a follow. I learned a lot. And if anything, it just is like a, a little trickle of a reminder of what is out there and to keep avoiding it. It's eating healthy and eating real food is a habit. It's definitely one of those things that you have to like keep on um Marketers are constantly changing. They're finding new terms that are not regulated to use. Um, there's a lot of ways that companies can hide what's in their food or how it's raised or what they fed it or this, that, and the other. And I just want to, I want to be informed about what I'm putting into my body. I view it as you can invest in your health now or later. Basically, I, I know that real food is more expensive. Um and and that sucks. It shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately, it is. There's ways to make it, um, you know, more cost effective in terms of like buying in bulk and you know, um, like from your farmers and beef shares and those kind of things that you know do break up the cost a little bit um, better. But you just have to view it as that you're getting a far superior product. The quality is going to be a lot higher and. You can either pay for that now or pay for it later. I'm like pausing, trying to think about how how to say it. But basically, it's like look at the hospital system. Okay, Johnson works in healthcare, so I have a a pretty good idea about the state of health from you know just what he sees every day, and that and what he sees is a big reason that we eat the way that we do because. It catches up with you. So you can either face it head on now, feel better, look better, you know, be better on the inside, be healthier, or you can, you know, eat the, the processed food and, and gamble with it later. Um, I don't know. I choose the former. But anyway, I hope this is helpful and I will see you all back here on Monday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Untraditionally Traditional. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with those special people who would love it too and write a review. For more tips and photos of my home and garden, follow untraditionally traditional pod on Instagram. Until next week, let's continue to make our homes places of joy and service to ourselves and those we share them with.